All right. Okay. Hey, we all right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Self Love Society. My name is Inkiru, the love guru. And my name is Tony Gillen, licensed professional counselor. Yes, accolades. Official. That's right. That's right. Official tissue. You better respect it. Okay. So, um, this is a Self Love Society. We are a brand new podcast. And today we're going to let you know a little bit about who we are, what we're doing, and why you should stay around and listen. Tony, do you want to give your perspective of what this podcast is, your POV? Yeah, sure. So, this podcast is two individuals who are trying to heal and connect the community with each other for self-love for self-preservation and just overall happiness and our goal every week is going to be to try to add some substance into our communities and hopefully give you all some new tools on how you can live your life more effectively Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so the first thing, uh, well, I'll give you my point of view of what it is. I guess I need to do that before we just mm-hmm. move on. Yeah, support black I feel, I feel that it is important. Um, a lot of times, well, this is my perspective. Yes. I feel that um, therapy is often overlooked in the black community. And sometimes we, for maybe um, stereotypical reasons or... Um, just not knowing where or who to start, we neglect um, going to a therapist or sitting down and really working through issues, talking through things in order to come to some sort of long lasting resolution. I felt that creating this podcast with my very dear friend, we, y'all, we are old high school classmates. Yes. This is my homie. But uh, I felt like doing this with another black man um, would give an open perspective of issues that we all face in the black community, as well as a male and female perspective on um, our visions of what that is. Because yes. a lot of times we perceive um, that there are issues and we perceive that it's one way, but we're only looking from the lens that we have. So to be able to have another person to work through those things and have a healthy dialogue would um, also provide healing for both of us because we're, listen, we doing this thing too. This for right. us too, yeah. but also healing for you guys. So this is a two birds and one stone type situation it provides healings for both of us but also healing for our listeners yeah yeah definitely definitely i agree with everything you just said yay (laughs) agreeance we ain't gonna always agree though yeah no we're not we're not and that's good too that's fine we shouldn't always agree but um we're gonna start uh with our very first segment um we're gonna start our podcast by checking in on one another because I feel that that's important. So, Tony, how you doing? I am doing fantastic these days, and not like this, you know, this fake in I'm surface fine. level of I'm. You know how you ask somebody, "Hey, how you doing?" They say, "Oh, I'm fine," when they didn't even take a thought, they didn't even think about it. You know, I'm really at this place right now in my life. I'm very happy. I'm very full of joy and gratitude for just. Um, just this placing I'm in, the people that I'm around, um, the places that I'm going in so many different areas of my life. It's just, if I had to just put a word to it, it's yeah. just happy. That is awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. What about you? How you doing? I am doing okay. Okay. Well, not happy, not great. Okay. So, this week... Um, I had a catastrophic disaster in my house where um, the cabinets, all of my kitchen cabinets, fell down in the middle of in the middle of the well in the morning, 4 a.m., and um, just destroyed my kitchen. And I actually have to go today to get that repaired. But um, but yeah, so like sometimes when it's like big things, I have like a little bit of. Until yeah. I can at least start to see the resolution um, happening. You know what I mean? At least mm-hmm. start to see it moving forward. I have a sense of, oh, my God, like, 
stop one thing it's another yeah. type thing so um and i am a big cooker i'm a person to where i like to be in my kitchen i like to have my coffee and i'm a vegetarian make my food and stuff like that mm. and to not have that for yeah. a, a whole week it's like, it's like i'm over it i'm over it Luckily, you weren't in the kitchen when all this. Man, happened. that's and that's the thing. Like, I always try to like look at the bright side of things mm-hmm. because there's always something positive you can pull out of any situation. I am a habitual um, on the bright side type mm-hmm. person. You know what I mean? So that was the one thing that I took away from it. That and the fact that I have brothers. All three of my brothers are in the construction field. So mm-hmm. I not only. Am I glad that I wasn't injured or my little doggies weren't injured, but that I have brothers that are willing to come and fix it for me for no money. You know what I mean? Like, you can't even beat that. You know what I mean? So Not at all. That's great that you had that. Man, that is a bright side. You know what I mean? So while it's a minor inconvenience, I always try to pull out well it could be worse i could be a per that could have happened to me and i could have known no one and i would have had to last thousands and thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of dollars of so when i get a house and my cabinets fall i know who to call yeah my brothers yeah not me because well, i, I don't know I, yeah well you can call me <laughs> and then i'm gonna call them because baby i don't know how to put no cabinets up i was just looking at it like oh dishes <laughs> everywhere oh my I don't have, listen, you know I don't have kids, so everything is glass. Glass, porcelain. Oh. I was, my wine glasses, my coffee mugs. I was like, my little porcelain. I was, I was really happy because um, my grandmother who passed away, her porcelain, I had um, some porcelain dishes from her okay. um, that, I use for like big functions like Thanksgiving, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And I pull them out and I was just like, I just knew it was destroyed. I was just like, oh God, what am I gonna do with this? Like, you can't replace that. Like, no. you cannot replace that. I don't care you bring me something that is the same. You cannot, she's gone. Like, yeah. you can't replace that. And thank God, nothing of hers was broken i was like see she, she had her hands around see? Like, uh-uh, she was like not this, ain't, this. This ain't breaking uh-uh. she was like not this right, now not this one Here. okay she set that one out <laughs> nicely so i'm i'm super glad about that i'm super happy about that that's good that's good so that's how i'm doing but otherwise i'm i'm grateful that like i was saying that i have somebody that can um repair it and um that i didn't get injured but i was mildly irritated and a little like, eh. yeah, because it's just—it's you know, like it's having like, a car, and the uh, car just breaks down, and just like, you know, it's like it, I feel like that ties together with what I was saying with just being like happy, because I feel like when there are situations in our lives, <clears throat> we have these small moments where it can either go bad or it could go really well, mm-hmm. and it's the combination of those moments that tell the story of the triumph, because right. it always ends out. Yeah. Going well. Right? Yeah. The ending is always good for the Absolutely. most part. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, but in the midst of that, there's always going to be some areas where maybe there's some battles that you lost and some battles that you won. Yeah. But then you're going to win. That's that. And that's awesome. That's I a guess, wonderful perspective. I guess it's like the optimism of pledge. Huh? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's a wonderful, wonderful perspective to have is that if as long as you know, like uh, one of my favorite artists, Big Crit, he always says that. You gotta play until the end. The only difference between a winner and a loser is a winner plays until they win. Hold on, say that one more time. You have to play it to the end. All right, Pastor. (laughs) The only difference between a winner and a loser is a winner plays until they win. Okay. So as long as you don't give up, you can always win. There you go. Okay. Yeah, that's like that. K R I T, big like crit. So, yeah. Hopefully, we have on the show one day. <laughs> listen, you go. <laughs> hey, we gonna speak I'm it be, to existence. I'm gonna be like, listen, let's speak it to existence because <laughs> be I'm here. I am. I'm gonna be. <laughs> you gonna be like, and Carol? No, uh, <laughs> I'll be like. So crit. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, so yeah, so that's how I'm doing. Okay. Um, we can move on. So, as everyone knows, to move on to our next t- 
topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the election is coming up on Tuesday. <sighs> I'd say it's going to be the most extravagant day of all time. Most polarizing be, day ever. It's going to be a day where you need to get home and just get order some pizza. And get your mind. I mean, COVID safe. COVID safe, y'all. But you're going to have to have like a little get together where everyone's going to be riding around crowded around the TV mm-hmm. and this is going to be something you don't want to miss because I just feel like something is going to happen absolutely that there's a group of people who are not going to be happy one like side, one way be, or another it's no way around yeah, that it's like yeah like you said it's a polarizing yeah. day because yes like there, there are a group of people who are honestly against Donald Trump and rightfully so mm-hmm. and there's a group of people who are against Joe Biden mm-hmm. you know other for other reasons yeah for mm-hmm. other reasons so it's like no one's gonna be really happy no nope. on Tuesday which I don't know if that's different than any other year. but I feel like more so in other years it's not there isn't there's less emotions wrapped around it and more so sadness that your party didn't win or your person didn't win where this one in both cases everyone's emotions are so ingrained in this election it's crazy and it's everywhere and i don't and not only that um with COVID kicking off and everyone being at home and being able to do a little bit more research in life and um pay attention to a lot more things it is um everybody's an expert you know what I mean? Everybody's got a, got a point of view. Everybody is an expert, and it's just, it's just, it just becomes a thing because everybody feels like that they know that their way is right, mm-hmm. and if they don't get their way, it's going to be a thing. And then there's other things that's tied to it. There yeah. is race <clears throat> that's tied to it. Mm-hmm. There is um, sexism that's tied to it. Oh, yeah. There is um, religion that is tied to it. There's all kinds of things that is tied to the election that in some way is a part of it, but not really. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like they've made it all well. Like there's been several statements of you're not black if you don't do this or you're not black if you don't do that or all black people should do this yeah. or whatever the case may be to where it's like, when did my blackness have to do with my vote? Or there's statements of, oh, you're not a woman if you don't do this. Or if you're not a woman if you don't do that. Yeah. And it's like, when did my womanness have to do yeah. with any of this? You right. know what I mean? And then or, who gives people the right to decide what yeah. a woman is or a black woman is. Or it's a, a guilt. It's, a, it's terrible guilt. Even like Christians. Like you'll hear, oh, well, you're not a Christian if you do this. Or you're not. Because, you know, you have a lot of conservatives who feel like you should go one way because Christianity is traditionally um, very conservative in nature when you look at the views. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at some of the things that are on the liberal mm-hmm. side, they're like, oh, if you're a Christian, how could you go that way? If you're, It's just like, let people vote. Yeah. That's where I'm at. I'm so ready. Yeah. I'm so ready for this to be over, but I'm so nervous at the yeah. same time. Take it back to like the high school days when it was just like, just vote for who you want. And everybody's still going to be happy at the end of the day. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Give it a week and never be, it'll be over. Yeah. You know? But, so. you know, you said something there just about like the black vote. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know that is a huge thing nowadays when we talk about like the empowerment of black people in this mm-hmm. world, in this society that we live in, United States. Um, and we talk about what is best for us as yes. a people. Um, one of the things that always, that, you know, always here in like social media and just among friends is like, like you say, defining your blackness. What does it mean to be black or who are we going to vote for? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's always a divisive issue among, I mean, it's, it's a divisive question in general, but like among black people, I feel like there's a lot tied into it yes. in terms of who you are as a person. It's like, say for instance, you are, you are a black person who wants to vote for Donald Trump. Then now everyone is looking at you and saying, okay, well, you're not black or you're uncle Tom or, or you don't like, or you don't like, um, you're not, you don't care about the group. You know yeah, what I mean? Or, yeah. or you, um, you're discounting racism uh-huh. or you're discounting sexism or you're discounting um, the things that that person may personally feel or whatever the case may be. So that becomes a thing as well. I just want to dip into my first question and ask, 
why is it that the black vote is so important outside and it's not for any like you don't hear about the mexican vote or the or the latino vote or the um uh jewish vote or anything of that nature why do you think that is well i think that when we talk about like the black vote i think why it's so important is because i feel like black culture and in, in america is Black people have such a huge influence mm-hmm. over the culture here, and I feel like that is a reason why it's it's looked at as it's, it's valued. Yeah, you know, I think that our influence and in, as consumers, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think our influence as uh, culture pushers and change, you know, we we influence a lot of change in this country, and so our vote is very very important. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> However, I also feel like. I don't know if all black people realize that. I I definitely don't think that we all do. I feel like a lot of a lot of times we don't talk about a lot of things. So it's mm-hmm. hard to it's hard to gauge where people are. It's hard to gauge where people's understanding is. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to gauge what we want as a collective mm-hmm. because we don't discuss those things. Yeah. Which is kind of why like I think this may be one of your questions or the whole the whole um Ice Cube and um, Lil Wayne thing is such a thing, you know yeah. what I mean? Because, um, or even Kanye West, you know yeah. what I mean? It's such a thing because we don't we don't talk about it as a, we're lumped together as a group, but we don't meet as a group. Yeah. As a group, we only get together in tragic situations, yeah. like to march or you know NAACP. Oh, we gotta. Got to fight for this ride or fight for like we never get together and just be like let's just get together and mm-hmm. figure out what we want as a group since we're being considered as a group whether we want it want to be or not you know what i mean yeah i i, I think you know well first and foremost let me just say this i am not the most <clears throat> i am not the most politically inclined person i don't know much about politics and that's something I aspire to change in my life. And I wanted to ask you about that, actually. Like, I'm not a, I don't, you know, like, I kind of see what I see online, but uh-huh. I don't, I don't know who's, like, really pushing for what or things like that. I don't I, know as much as I should know. I wanted to ask you about that. It's actually my second question. Do you think that that is because of all the emotion that is tied to it? And it, it is emotionally <clears throat> draining to do all the you think that's why you withdraw from knowing about that kind of stuff because it can be quite polarizing when you learn different things or get into different things or whatnot yeah. do you think that that has anything to do with it or uh, I think that it's multifaceted with me mm-hmm. uh, I think first and foremost I didn't really grow up in a family that really was teaching us about politics mm-hmm. or really in, involved in politics and understanding. Mm-hmm. And so I never really learned the importance of it. Okay. Um, I didn't really learn, <clears throat> I didn't really learn like what, about politics really until I got to high school. Mm-hmm. And then I started learning about, oh, there's presidential elections mm-hmm. and we got this candidate and this candidate and this mm-hmm. is what they're doing. It's like, whoa, what is this? You know, I think the first election that I was cognizant of was I think it was George Bush and the uh, George Bush and Al Gore. I remember oh, that yeah, was the election that. where everyone at the high school. It was, I think it was like our freshman year of high school, and I remember people were upset, and I was like, "What is this? Like, what is this? Why is this important?" Mm-hmm. Uh, that might have been the year where that was the Florida recount thing. I, was it that year? I, I think that was the the issue. It was to, like a Florida recount, maybe. There's always an issue in Florida. Always, I, I think that was the, the case, but like I foresee that happening in a few days. There's always an issue in Florida, Georgia, always the battleground states, yeah. always. But you know, for me, like I think also there's so much information out there about mm-hmm. these candidates and what they stand for or what they've done in the past, and it's, sometimes it can be overload mm-hmm. of information on top of. We have other things going on in our lives, you know. Yes. I'm a father, and I'm also, you know, working in my career, and I have my own personal issues, and so sometimes it's hard to make room for. Let me, okay, let me sit down with all this stuff I'm dealing with, and let, let me, me just look at politics. Let me tell you something. You said something that just touched me to the my core. Mm-hmm. Okay, 
The word overload. Yes. Let me tell you something. Y'all is doing too much with this vote, 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 vote. We know we gonna vote. We it, it ain't came yet. We don't. We gonna like that to me. I'm a person to where that is too much for me. Okay. That would deter me. Like if somebody everywhere that I go and everything that I look at, it's like pushing it. Like I am a person to where I like to do things on my own. I think uh -huh. you're this way too a little bit, but. I could be wrong, but I don't like to be forced into things. Yeah. And if I feel like I'm being forced into things, I'm going to retreat from that. You know what I mean? I don't want to feel like I'm being pressured. Any social media thing I open, yeah. it's talking about vote. You drive down the street, it's signs everywhere yeah. talking about voting. You know what I mean? And it's like, yes, you want a great turnout. You want voters, but you don't have to listen, move on people. You don't have to text me three times a day. I promise you don't. Oh, man, I'm not reasoning. You don't terrible. listen to move on. I, it's so many people. I just delete them. I can't even tell you all the people that I it see, is. I don't even know how I got on the list this in the first place. Is, this, <laughs> I blame the voting polls because I, I know that I never signed up for any list to be. You got. It's ridiculous. You got the the general election people that text me. You got the yeah. move on. You got the uh, the um. And people that just start random conversation with you, like, who is this? Oh, this is about so and so. I'm, I'm a supporter here of Bernie Sanders. He's like, whoa, stop whoa. calling me. Yes. It's like, and when you're super busy, like you were saying, like people assume that your inactivity means that you're not into. No, I'm aware yeah. of what I'm gonna do. I know what I'm gonna do. I don't need you to harass me. You know what? You know, I I, I agree with you of the like the overload of constantly telling us to vote. I do, however, see the significance of it because yes. there is a large portion of people who please vote who are very out of the loop when it comes to voting. Like, yes, there have been like when you look at like St. Louis City. Mm -hmm. um, there, there was a huge population of people who did not come out and vote, and I mm -hmm. think was it the last midterm elections? I believe like, there was a large, large, uh, and I don't know the the statistic, and maybe somebody out there can correct me, mm -hmm. but there was a huge proportion of residents of St. Louis city who didn't come out and vote. Mm -hmm. And for that, it can really cripple change. It, you know? it can, so it can. I can see the importance of like constantly drilling in us, say vote, 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 November. Uh, I see the importance on that level. The first Tuesday of November. That's, yes. Yeah. I see the importance on that level. However, it's never done on that level. It's only done for the presidential election, which is True. very yeah. irritating to me. Because that election that you're referring to, there, there's the local elections are, in my opinion, the most important. So recently in St. Louis, um, there was an initiative on the ballot about changing the requirements for police officers to live in their community in order to police that community. Well, it passed. You can live anywhere in Missouri and work anywhere in Missouri. Hmm. So now you can have people who come from um, Sykeston, Missouri, and come and work in St. Louis City. If you're having an issue already with um, police officers um, relating with their community and relating with the people, you're going to have an even bigger issue when you're having people coming from areas that don't, that is not as diverse as the city and yeah. policing in those areas. So initiatives like that and things like that, people need to be more knowledgeable about stuff like that and less worried about how, you know, this president or that it's important, but it's not at that's one person. That's one person. You have so many representatives. You have all the, you have judges that are getting appointed on seats. You have uh, senators. You have all these individuals that make up um, uh, the decisions to make the laws in that affect your life on a day to day basis. And it's important that you're not letting someone just skate by every year. You know what I mean? Like um, Corey Bush just recently ousted Lacey Clay. Lacey Clay was there so long it didn't even make no daggone sense. <laughs> I think he just he took like, the job from his daddy. Like <laughs> they just literally passed the job because uh, he had the same name. It was like, like right. you're just there for Tens and ten, like like I don't even know how long he was there. He was there yeah. since I, before I was born. Mm. 
Mm. You know what I mean? So it's just like for someone to sit in a position and know that no one's ever going to challenge you because people don't pay attention to local levels or local elections. It's sad because it prevents them from um, doing the best for their constituents. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Let me ask you this. Yes. You, you had mentioned, you know, you talked about, you know, police brutality. Yes. Um, and it brings up the issue of political issues. Yes. What is it that you think are... So I guess it's a two-part question. Mm -hmm. So the first one would be, you know, do you feel like black people, can we talk about the black vote, do you feel like black people need to come together when it comes to voting, regardless of whether it's a presidential election or a midterm or a city or a county? And if so, are there certain issues that we should be we should care about the most what are like what, so, what should be like our top three so i'm glad that you if did we're voting as a i'm glad group. that you put that together so my answer to the first first thing is i only feel like that black people should come together and vote if we are coming together for a plan mm. a policy a yeah. purpose you see what i'm saying mm. if we have looked at, if we have sat down and discussed as a black community this is what we need this four-year cycle in order to further us as a community to um get better health care financial freedom better school systems um all these types of things um prison reform uh, to uh, make sure that we're able to vote. There's no voter su suppression and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. If we are coming together for a purpose, then yes, I believe that we should vote together as a group. But I feel like that that's something that needs to be consistently done and not just done the few months before a presidential election. Now, some things that I think that are important that we, that should be, um, um, important things in order for us to vote together. Um, one, our children. I feel that our future is is everything. Our children is everything. So education, um, prop properly securing education, our um, historically black colleges and universities being funded fully without having to continue to ask for funding. I feel that that's very important because I am a... Um, HBCU graduate and I currently attend another HBCU hey. and it is um, difficult to go to an HBCU especially if you because I've done a few semesters at a PWI when you go to a PWI and you see how much funding is in those schools compared to what we have it's 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 heartbreaking it is. And it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be such of a divide. It reminds me a lot of why we went to Rockwood to begin with. You know what I mean? To have a different a different um a different opportunity to make sure that we had um the, Do you wanna big up your HBCU that you Huh? You want to big up your HBC that you, that you I went do. to? I do. Listen, I went to, hey, Oakwood University, how you doing? Hey, Harris Stowe University, what's up? I have no problem with bigging up my okay. HBCU. You went to a PWI. Hey, you know and what? you big up I'm, your PWIs. I'm, I'm prideful of my PWI. <laughs> I do not care. Missouri State University, stand up. We are the Bears. We coming, and, right? And grad school. Grad school, University of Missouri, St. Louis. There you go. Hey. I don't but, mind. I don't mind PWI. But I had a great education. But it's good time. because it's two different pers mm -hmm. perspectives. Like, yeah. and we oh, we talk about that on another Ooh. podcast. But um, we will. But um, but I think that um, number one, our children making sure that that the schools that they attend are full are properly funded. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, elementary all the way up to collegiate level, properly funded. Um, schools that are um, majority um, for the black community. I feel like that needs to happen. That should be number one. Um, number two on the list, um, uh, the wage disparity. Most people in our group, in our in-group, black in-group, um, are on the lower end of the wage disparity. I feel like that's something that needs to happen. As well as in conjunction with that, um, a radical overhaul of um, loan suppression. You know what I mean? When you have people who go for um, go for entrepreneurship, 
and things of that nature. You have a lot of hurdles for people who are African-American or black or people who are trying to open up business in predominantly African-American or black um, neighborhoods to receiving a loan. I think that something needs to be done by that because the redlining of it all, the discrimination of it all is what is it's a whole nother hoop to jump over after you're jumping over the hoop of education. Now it's another hoop of trying to provide and create financial stability for yourself that you have to jump over. I think that those two things are pivotal and should always be at the top of the list for, um, for, for the African American community, because this is, um, this is our biggest plight is our poverty. You know what I mean? A lot of a lot of our issues stem from our poverty. And thirdly, um, prison reform. I think that needs to happen. Okay. And also, um, um, given um, um, inmates who are uh, who come out of prison. You know what I mean? So those whether I don't want to say felons because everyone's not a felon who came out of prison, but um, those people who have come out of prison who have already served their time. Um, they don't have the right to vote. You know what I mean? Like they don't have the right to choose or make, have a say in the society that they live in. I feel like that's something also that needs to be looked at because a lot of us are unjustly prison and things of that nature. So it, it's also suppressing our voting uh, rights as well. I think those are the three top that need to those be. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think all of those are, now let me get, don't get me wrong. I think all of the political issues there's something for us in each one that is very important that we should be really pushing for. I'm only just bringing up my three that I guess are more pressing for me. Um, I would first definitely say uh, healthcare, um, yes. mainly especially when you talk about mental health, uh, because I feel like as Black people not having proper healthcare, proper access to mental healthcare is I'm always about the the three pillars of wellness. And for me, that's physical wellness, Mm -hmm. that's mental wellness, and that's spiritual wellness. Um, And I feel like proper healthcare will allow us to be able to deal with all three of those in Mm -hmm. a a good, uh, a healthy setting. Yes. So that we can go out into the world and deal with, you know, whatever we're dealing with from a healthy standpoint. Right. Um, And so I think that's, my biggest one, and probably I'm a licensed professional counselor, so I'm all about mental health. I'm all about Of wellness, course you are. You know, um, I also think that education is a huge thing for us. And you talk about like the achievement gap mm-hmm. and you talk about, you know, us being students in Rockwood. Um, we yes. were able to have access to certain resources that Absolutely. people from our neighborhoods, because we were bust out from Absolutely. You know, city. Our, kids in our neighborhood didn't have the same resources that we would go to school every day and have. Yeah. And you can see just the, just the ability not to walk through a, a metal detector. Yeah. Just that. Yeah. I, I remember going back cause I went back and forth between Rockwood and St. Louis city. Mm-hmm. And I remember going into my school and there was a metal detector. I mean, there was a security guard that was frisking all of us. Like it was like going into, I don't even think we had a security guard at Rockwood. Did we? No, I mean, when I was in the city. I'm just saying. No, the we fact had a security guard, but I didn't you would even only know. see him if there was, like, a major issue. Like, they was doing, like, drug raid day. I don't even remember. That was I don't even to. remember seeing a security guard. That's how. He used to be, like, in the parking lot, like, looking at people's cars and stuff. Really? But that's about as much as he really did. But I think that's, that's, that's saying a lot. You know what I mean? For people who are constantly, it's in their face. You know what I mean? Yeah. You literally walk. Like, I can't. You bringing that up, I can't even remember yeah. a security the guard. security guard I had a Mr. In, in middle school, Mr. Merriweather. You knew uh, his name, too? I remember his name. He, he used to. Cause I remember I came to this school for the first time, and I had on this red jacket. I had this red windbreaker, and I thought I was fly. I was like, "Oh, I got this jacket on. I got my black jeans. Fresh. I had like some some new Nikes or whatever." I was like, "Man, I'm about to be cool." He was like, "He's like, son, don't come in here wearing all that red again." And I was like, "What you mean?" He's like, "I didn't see a little boy over here get shot because he had all that red on." You know how traumatizing that is for a middle school kid. Are you serious? Especially coming from you know Rockwood when I. <laughs> Now, I grew up in the city, so I knew a little bit of that stuff, but I'm just an innocent little kid. I'm just like, oh, I like this jacket. I like these shoes. I had no idea about that kind of stuff. And so 
he was a very huge part of just the school's everyday day-to-day stuff mm-hmm. you know and so but that speaks to like like when you got to go to school every day and you got to worry about your safety right. it's very hard to want to learn it's a whole hurdle yeah it's and a that's, whole that's for the people that at least came from somewhat of a decent home you got yeah. people who come from from hell and was yeah. coming to school on top of that yeah yeah and so so yeah I, education and you see how huge that is for the achievement gap between black people and black children yes. and other children of other groups yeah you know even in rockwood yeah like rockwood there's a huge achievement gap mm-hmm. uh, when i when i interned uh, for my counseling internship uh i just remember all of the schools there was always an achievement gap yeah there was an achievement gap between no matter what district you look at there's always going to be a gap between its white students mm-hmm. and its black students and I think, like, at Rockwood, one thing, we're going to talk about this one day, too. Mm-hmm. One hey, thing, like, a lot of people, a lot of people um, that you don't think about is, like, I remember, because, you know, when we grew up, I'm, I'm going I'm to expose our age right here. Mm. But when we grew up, you know, that was when, like, the internet was just popping and everything. Yep. And um, I remember, like, um, my worst subject, I hated, I hated English. I hated it. I love to write, but I hated English uh-huh. because it, all the rules and everything. But I remember, like, there was classes that I didn't do as well in just mm. merely because I didn't have the resources to do the homework. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. And you don't even think about that. And I remember consciously knowing that I didn't have the resources, but I had so much pride that I didn't want to tell my teachers, I don't have a computer at home or I don't have this or I don't have that. I don't have any way to complete that assignment. So I would just, if I couldn't get it in while I was at school, then it's just not going to get done. I just try to make it up somewhere else. And you know, like I was always a kid to where I never wanted to make excuses from where about, I never wanted to make excuses about where I can't come from. I took the hand that I was dealt and I wanted to make the best of the hand that I, I was dealt. Like playing a, a game of spades. You know what I mean? No. You had to, okay, you don't know how to play spades. Right, look, look. Yeah, we finna play. No, 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 no. Spades is a very traumatic game for me. <laughs> for most- I came from a family. <laughs> You can't. Spades was like life and death. That's the you black. Were, that's period. Were, that's like, period in the black community. I don't want to eat that kind of pressure. But this is, this is. I just want to have fun. Okay. Nobody want to play spades okay. to have fun. But here's the reality. This is the thing that I learned about games, uh, and um, I'm actually writing about this in my book. Okay. But this is the thing that I learned about games. You learn so many life lessons about games. We're both football players, so you understand that notion of it. Do you play chess? somewhat okay but it's all moves and counter moves the one thing that spades teaches you is that life will do you a hand you don't know how many hearts clubs spades um diamonds you're gonna have in your hands hearts things that you love clubs you know all of this confusion everything that's out there um diamonds monetary games or spades things that help you skip over you know the little shortcuts in life you don't know how many of those you're going to get in your hand but you still have to play the game you can have a game where you only have one shortcut one spade in your hand you are still eligible to play you can still play the game so me understanding that all i have to do is make board all i have to do is get here you know what i mean all i have to do is 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 make it to here make minimum make it make my minimum requirements of the of the day and i can survive you know what i mean um i think that it helped me mentally um make it through a lot of things and try not to make excuses because a lot of times when you make excuses you become a victim to life because life is not always going to be fair and it's already rigged against us for other reasons law reasons but it's not at the end of the day I don't play space. One day we're going to play space. I don't space. play space with black folks. No, uh-huh. one day you're going to play. I'm no, a black not, person. Uh-uh, because black people take space too serious. We won't I, be on the same I, team. No, we're not, because I'm not going <laughs> to be sitting here and be ridiculed, and then I'm going to be ready to fight because people trying to uh, test my manhood because I don't want <laughs> to play space. No, I'm not doing that. I will see y'all. I'll be on the outside. Hey, y'all need something to drink? Hey, I got some soda, some sweet tea in there. I'm um, I'll go outside. You know, that's what I used to do when I was a kid. I'm like, oh, y'all playing spades? Oh, let me go play kickball. 
That was what I did. I played dominoes. I like that because that's kind of fun. It the, the same vitriol didn't exist in dominoes that existed in spades. That's true. So I stay away from them type of games. Well, that's fine. So don't ask me to be your partner. So healthcare, I won't because okay. I take spades seriously. Uh, yeah, I'm, that's what I'm, I said. I'll see you later. That's fine. So, so healthcare, healthcare, education, education. Um, the other thing I wanted to add with the whole achievement gap part was. When we talk about, you know, we I don't want people to think like, oh, because, you know, we went to Rockwood or Parkway or any other other predominantly white districts that that meant that we things were better for us. Because a lot of times, you know, one of the issues, one of the issues of why there is an achievement gap is because you don't have teachers who resemble the student population. Very, so very, very true. From, Shout out to um, um Coach G, Coach he was G, my favorite. Doctor, uh, not Doctor, Mr. Oglesby. Mr. Oglesby, you know, but Coach those G. Those were the only two black he was educators my that I remember in high school. Yep. And I just would imagine, like, that's why I went like, to HBCU. You know, yeah, you think about that's like black kids why. coming from predominantly black communities, and then we go, we get bussed all the way out to these schools and these communities that we don't see anybody that looks like us. And sometimes for some kids, for a lot of kids, that that was a huge issue of why they couldn't keep going. They mm-hmm. couldn't progress, you know, because they didn't have anyone That's to true. support them out there. Now, I'm, I would say I was blessed because even though I didn't necessarily have people out in Rockwood that looked like me, there were people who filled in for that. That's you know, true. A lot of my white allies, mm-hmm. like Miss Bluer, mm-hmm. uh, Rainey. Ms. Miss Rainey, Rainey, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rice, Miss Rice, Miss yes, Rice was so, my. It was so many teachers who, yeah, um, mm-hmm. who filled in the gaps yep. to where it didn't feel like I was by myself anymore. That's true. For me, I think it was super dope to have G and Oglesby there, mm-hmm. you know, to represent for her, the black community. But maybe you don't know this perspective. The reason, one of the main reasons why I went to an HBCU is because. I never had a black female teacher until I went to an HBCU. Never. My first black teacher was um, Coach G. It was my first black teacher. Had him as a teacher. Oh, I perp- let me tell you something. I took drafting just so I could have him as a teacher. Not because I literally, that was my, my desire was to be educated by a black person and to and see what that felt like uh-huh. and to know what that felt like and being in his class having um uh funky freaky fridays and uh-huh. you know all that and it felt and like parliament. it felt like home you know uh-huh. what i mean it felt like an understanding that didn't have to be explained you know what i mean because yeah. i didn't have much growing up you know what i mean i grew up my mother did the best she could mm-hmm. so i didn't have much growing up so um to feel like I could be in a space to where if I needed to say something, I wasn't going to be judged or look at like, oh, you're just an orphan child. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't want that. I just yeah. wanted someone that's like, okay, well, then do this. Yeah. Okay, just give me something in the parameters of what I have that I can do. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I want to show that I am resilient and I can handle what is put in front of me. But I want to be able to vocalize. Yeah, I want to write your essay. I don't have a pencil, but I don't want to tell you I don't have a pencil because you're going to think that I'm lazy, or this or that or whatever or whatever. Or you're going to think something about my mama and then I'm going to have a problem with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just like to have that safe space. And then, you know, as a woman growing up as a woman to have women like women to educate you whole nother level, whole nother level. I could go on and on about the um female educators um, that look like me in my collegiate experience that just Mm. took me to a whole nother level. But that experience, you know, you don't know you need it until you have it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point Mm because I'm thinking like, you know, I had great experiences, but I wonder how different things would have been had I been at a school where all my teachers looked like me. Yes. Like I, I had one black teacher in college uh, Dr. Tate, rest in heaven, rest his soul. He taught African American studies. Oh, I bet you that was lit. And it was a fun class. Everybody in Missouri State know Dr. Tate. 
you know, he was just a down, he was a pastor. Yeah. So I got a couple of pastors as teachers. And that's the, that's the other thing. Like, um, that's another thing, you know what I mean? Cause you know, religion is a big thing in our culture. You know what I mean? Like to be in class and like, I had classes where we prayed in class. Like it was just like, I don't remember Dr. Tate bringing much in about religion, but I do remember just learning about all of these black figures that I didn't know anything about. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't, I, I did not know who Marcus Garvey was. So I got uh. to college. That was like, who is that? And I remember everyone looking at me like, you don't know who that is. I'm like, no, because I didn't learn. We didn't learn about that. black history. We learned about the, the sexy black history, you know, mm-hmm. people like the acceptable, the king, the acceptable Rosa Parks, Coretta Scott, Coretta Scott, Duke Ellington and Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman. We learned about the, the mainstream, uh, the, the Avengers of, you know, black history. But we didn't learn about, you know, the street level ones. We didn't yeah. learn about, you know, um, and I, I can't remember his name, but, a lot, you know, talk about like uh his last name was like Toussaint. Oh, um, 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 uh, from Haiti. Yes, um, yeah. Like uh, I, I didn't learn, and I, please forgive me for not remembering his name, but you know he was an integral part of the uprising of absolutely and, and, and the uh, resilience of the Haitian people, mm-hmm. you know, against you know oppression. And so, like, I didn't learn about that stuff till I got to college. It's but, true. You know, that kind of goes back to, like I said, education is yes, us seeing ourselves and what we're learning Absolutely. can create more of a connection so that we can do better. Yes. Because if if I'm reading about, you know, if I'm, say, for instance, U.S. history, if we, I remember civil rights was like a small section of our history book, mm-hmm. you know, but if I'm reading history and I'm learning about all these people and I don't see myself and I don't see where I, I fit don't in, care. It's hard for me to really connect. I'm to a, it. I'm, so when the test comes, I I'm don't like, care. Who, who is this person again? You know? And so I feel like that feeds into why our achievement gap is so wide. Absolutely. In, in every school. Absolutely. Not just, it's not just a, a inner city black school. Like black people, black kids are suffering at every school district. That's true. You know, and so that's my other one. I would say my third one, and I kind of have like a tie mm-hmm. because I feel like employment is a huge one because yes. it gives us access to financial resources, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think that you're seeing an uprising in entrepreneurship in the black community um, and trying to establish our own financial base. Mm-hmm. And so employment is needed because we need money. Yeah. But also. Because we ain't getting no loan. What also, yeah, what also comes in is also is the police brutality of human rights because mm-hmm. if if we're mentally well, we're educated, and we got money, people can still be killing us and it's not going to help us. <laughs> It's so easy. So many things. Yeah, so right? many things. We're being attacked on so many fronts that it's a stress. It yeah. is a mental strain mm-hmm. on any individual. It is a mental strain, and especially bad when you live in a demographic that does not honor you speaking about your problems. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I only got. We gotta get close to okay. it. Uh-huh. Yeah, but um, we live in a demographic to where it's not. It's not cool to talk about. You don't talk about your business in the street. You know what I mean? Don't be telling them strange people what's mm-hmm. going on at home. You know what I mean? Like that is what we grew up with. So talking to a therapist is like, why would I do that? Yeah, someone you know had I mean? brought this up the other day. <laughs> it was talking about how mental health. Um, when you look at the foundations of psychology, it was an impressive way it was oppressive towards black people it was phrenology and things of that nature was it was all created to um to basically um show that we were inferior Mm -hmm. that was the whole purpose of it which is why it's so important to understand that there is a whole different set of psychology that is focused on the black perspective and the black community as a whole by black psychologists and by black psychologists and psychiatrists because Mm -hmm. If, if you're lucky to get a black person to trust a medical professional in the mental health field, right, and then they're dealing with all this trauma that we've experienced, mm-hmm. and they tell you something, and then you sit there and you, you you give them the confidentiality agreements, and you talk about, well, if you say this type of stuff, then I have to report you. Yeah. It's like, so I really can't tell you my traumas mm-hmm. without from fear of something happening to me or my children. Yeah. 
You, you mean to tell me if I tell you about all of my traumas, I can have my children taken away from me? Man, that's why people and just so don't. It's very hard. And so when you send, like, when we send our kids to school, it's like, I, and I've had this conversation with my daughter and my kids at school. Look, don't tell them what we do in our house, man. Most, Not, but that's but that's normal. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's normal. And then what happens is the psychologist is cut is cut out and the new psychologist becomes the pastor you know what i mean that's the only place you feel like you can go to Ooh, and talk but then there's a whole nother thing behind the that pastors and the church let yeah. me tell you something the church and that perspective and everything that there's you so experience pastor, yeah. yeah and everything you experience in life there's not always a clear cut one way or another because the pastor is obligated to their religion you know what i mean so it may not you that may not be the perspective that you need always. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's always there's always that at the end of the day. So, so let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. when we talk about let let's let let's let this be the last let's, one. Let's, last one. Okay. Uh -huh. So when we talk about like the black vote, because we're mm -hmm. talking about voting, is it important for us to be? Um, to, is a black monolith? Is that needed? When it comes to voting. What do you mean? So. When it comes to black people voting. Should we be together? Or should we be. Individuals. I told you. I feel. Until we come together. I, I, until we come together before the vote. Uh -huh. I, I don't think we need to be together. Because we can be together and go off the cliff. True. We can be steered in the wrong way you know what i mean like we can be uh someone could um appear that they are for the black people and shuck and jive for us just to get us to go one way and they would feel like oh well this person is the leader of the black people and if he wields the power to control all the black people one way then all i have to do is impress this one person instead of listening to the plight of the of the people which is why i personally her out I personally agree with um, Ice Cube and what he is doing, like how he is taking the time to come up with an agenda for what is important for black yeah. people, how he is taking the time to not just talk to one side, but talk to both sides and make it. Listen, y'all, y'all the one want our vote. We it's not for us to be loyal to anything. And We're he loyal did it, he to did it without us even saying, "Hey, this is what we want." He said, "This is what I believe black people need." Yep. Let me try something. But I feel not people of color. Right. But I feel that what black he people. did is important, and yeah. we need to create something in which we can do that on a consistent basis. And so it's not yeah, just Ice Cube's opinion of what black people needs. It is. Literally, the black, if you want us to move as a group, we need to come together as a group and sit down and say, what do we need? Not who do we feel hates us more? Uh -huh. I don't give a damn. Everybody hates us. In my opinion, we at the bottom of the barrel. Don't Lord. nobody like us. Other people of color don't like us. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we are. Listen, I'm a black woman. Let me go into a hair salon. I mean, a hair store. Other people of color do not like us as well. So it's not even just a black white situation. For real. Yeah. Let's just get all the way funky. It's not just black against white. And I want people to understand that fully. It is literally, if we're going to move as a group, we need to focus as a group. Nobody gets mad at the Asian people for Chinatown. Nobody gets mad at the Jewish people for coming together and being having a Jewish community. And when they do, and when you want the Jewish people to vote, guess what? You got to come to that community and you have to, Bring them something that is beneficial to that community. We're the only community to where all we need is pretty words. Mm. All we need is for you to say that we matter. That's not enough. We can matter oh, and still. In your purse or something like that. That is not putting that kente cloth on is not enough for me, bruh. Listen, <laughs> this that ain't enough because oh, at man. the end of the day, at the end of the day. My brothers and sisters still need higher paying jobs. My nieces and nephews need education that is going to sustain them and help them to be competitive. Mm -hmm. My grandmother needs um, uh, affordable health care and physicians that care about her, not just, oh, it's another black person. They just pretending right. that. I, all of that needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be addressed if we're looking at superficial things. We need to look at heart issues. And it's nothing wrong, black people, with asking for what you want. 
It's nothing wrong with everybody else asking. We just feel like, oh, we shouldn't ask. Oh, you know, why should we ask? We should. What do you think lobbyists are? They are asking for what they want. Corporations even ask for what hey, they we want. We got all this money. This is the things we want. What do you think about that? And like you said at the beginning of the podcast, we are such a big influential part of the United States of America. Yes, we if we tapped into understanding that we that influence is, even though we ain't got the money, that influence is money. Mm. Influence is money. Influence is capital. And if we tap into our influence and we withhold our influence until we got something that mattered to us as a group, then we can actually make some changes that we can see before we die. Mm. Uh, I, ooh, Lord. I should be a lawyer. I love that. Passion. I oh, Passion is in there. I'm like, I'm just sitting here like, just talk to me. I'm just sitting here. <laughs> I don't got nothing to say. You ever, you, were you in a black household when, when black mama is talking, you shut up. <laughs> shut the hell up and just listen. You know, so I, I, I preach. I think everything you said was, was spot on. You know, when you talk about like Ice Cube, I love the fact that he's not somebody where you're looking at him like, oh, he's he's shucking and jabbing. Like Ice Cube is a, that's a real man right there. That's a real black man. I just saw him doing an interview on a Chris Cuomo's show and he was like, look, he could tell he was like, man, I'm I'm tired of this. Like, I'm not gonna keep going not, back and forth. I'm not with here for Trump. I ain't for nobody. He, he, you could tell he was not trying to, to pucker himself up and get himself up for an interview. He like, look, I'm Ice Cube, and this is what I'm doing. And he been doing his his way for so long. Since and he's you've so known successful him. at it, and I I love the fact that you have people like him yes. that are jumping out there and saying, hey. I'm not going to wait on us all to come together. I'm going to just do something myself. Somebody got to start it. Mm-hmm. If, yeah, somebody got to start it. If, if listen, if Jesus waited for everybody. Mm. Yeah, preach. He said, man, look, 12. That's what I got. Let's right. go. Let's roll. Because I'm about to be on crucified soon. Right. I ain't got time to be waiting on everybody to understand what I'm trying to do. And that's the whole thing. And I feel like a lot of times we, we don't understand people's positions or we, and we judge as a group and we shouldn't do that as a black community. If we're not willing to sit down with our brothers and sisters and communicate and have understand, have a open dialogue that is not um, defensive in nature off the bat, but really sit down and have this dialogue to where I understand where you're coming from. You understand where I'm coming from. Then you can't judge and you haven't talked to somebody. You can't judge something you don't understand. Yeah. And we do that a lot. We call everybody coons. We we look at the coons. Look at the coons. Yep, we put them on the coon train quick. And it is. It's fucking hilarious. Excuse me. Ooh, it's hilarious though. Excuse my cuss words. But I do that from time to time. But uh, he said, "Dang, I ain't got, no, I ain't got no problem with it. Say your, do your thing." <laughs> but um, but we shouldn't do that. You know what I mean? Understand, learn to understand a person. Mm-hmm. Don't just try to judge people. We judge, we judge often, and we judge quickly without proper understanding. And I don't think we should. Amen. So we have another segment. Yes, we do. That will that will be ended with you know. Um, you want to do yours first or you want me to do mine? Um, I'll do mine first this time. So um um I am a like we talked about, words of wisdom. I may say some crazy stuff, but at the end of the day, I'm always gonna bring it around to positivity. So with everything going on with this vote and everything that is happening, the polarizing niche of the 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 voting culture and everything right now. I think it's important for us to make sure that we maintain our um, disposition and our mentality um, and that we are taking care of our mental health. So I have a few, uh, what are they called? A- affirmations. I was going to call it inspirations. That's not what they're called. A few affirmations that um, we can repeat to ourselves to keep our minds centered and steady as we are making it on to next week. So, um, um, the first affirmation that I would like for you guys to say to yourself is what I need and what I want is important and matters. What I need and what I want is important and it matters. What I need and what I want is important and it matters. I think that's very important. 
Second one that I have for you guys is it's okay to say no. It is okay to say no. I know that's something I struggle with in my life. <laughs> yeah. We all do. It is okay to say no. Yeah. And I got one more. And the last one that I got for you guys, the last, last affirmation that I want to drop on y'all before we roll on out is that... I choose my happiness above all else. I choose my happiness above all else. I choose my happiness above all else. And those are my affirmations for this week's podcast. Can you actually, can you, can you also talk to them like about what an affirmation is an affirmation is a statement a positive statement that a person says to themselves speaks into their or speaks into their selves in order to cultivate positive healthy life changes in your life so that's what an affirmation is a lot of times me myself i write them down and i um speak them into a mirror so I speak them into myself or I have an app that um, I can record my affirmations and they will play them back with some lovely background music. But it's one thing to think something. It's another thing to hear your voice saying it. So um, that's what affirmations are. That's that's pretty dope. I I always love affirmations. I always look at it like like a coat. Not, let me hear me out. Let me out. Hear me out. <laughs> I'm a visual person. Now I'm in a coat. <laughs> so when you're talking excuse about. Excuse that, y'all. Oh, excuse the noise. Uh, <laughs> somebody got to turn the engine on. Hold on. Let me see if they drive off. Well, they simmer down a little bit. It's cool. Okay. They understand. Can everybody hear me? <laughs> I don't even know that. They can hear uh, So for me, like when I think about like affirmations, I think about cults and how, you know, the people that are in the cults, they are chanting these messages all day and they continuously say them until they no longer have to speak them it's already playing in their mind mm -hmm. and so i look at affirmation the same way but in a positive way is mm -hmm. it's it's putting a new message in your mind religions plays, do it too huh religions do it too yeah like when you say go ye therefore teach all nations or when you say may the lord watch between me and thee while you're absent one from another it's something you know you know uh -huh. what i mean you create it it's it's yeah. rote but you, you know, know an affirmation like really speaks to your emotional health as well because mm -hmm. sometimes you can feel like you just you know for lack of better terms like I'm a, I'm a piece of shit yeah right and you might feel like that right but if you can have an affirmation that's planning your background that talks about you know uh, it's okay to say no or I choose my happiness above anything yes. else like those messages will get rid of those negative yes. ones that pop in from time to time. Yep. You got to you gotta deposit. You have to make deposits. You have to deposit some positivity in there to combat the negativity that could surge up in your mind. Make uh -huh. daily deposits. And that's a way that you can do so. Okay. What you got? So for me, uh, one thing that we'll be doing every week uh, is journaling. Um, I'll give you a little background. On that. For me, um, there was a time in my life where... I was very down and going through a lot of things in my life and I picked up journaling and journaling really, really helped me to be able to process the things that I was going through and to be able to have healthful and effective conversations with myself, with myself, you know? And mm -hmm. so um, journaling is like a form of CBT. When we talk about uh, CBT stands for cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, and the foundation of CBT is it's a way to challenge your negative thought patterns and come up with solutions. Um, and so journaling is a strategy that's used in this uh, theory. Um, and so every week, what we're going to be doing here is I'm going to give you all a journaling prompt to send you off with. I look at it like medicine. Mm. It's going to be medicine. Like when you go to the doctor and you're sick and your doctor gives you a prescription, he says, hey, take this prescription follow the directions and you'll be well. And so I look at journaling prompts and affirmations as this is your all's medicine for the week yes. for you all to be healthy. Um, and so your journaling prompt this week is going to be, um, and I tried to pick it in the, in the vein of 
this election coming up, mm-hmm. you know, when you think about your goals for your people, and this is not just black people, this could be Asian people, this could be Hispanic, Native American, whatever your European, group is, whatever your whatever your identity says, or whatever group you feel you feel a connection to. What is the small when you when you think about the goals for your group? What is the smallest change that you can make today mm. to reach that goal? And I want you to write it down. I, want you I to write like down your that. Group, and I want you to write down what is the smallest change that you can make. Not not the biggest change. We're not telling you to go out there and, and pick up a building and save the world. We're saying what's the smallest change that you can make today to get your people closer to that goal that you have for, for them? Um, and I want you to write that down. And I want you to, to really dive into that and figure out what works for you. And we'll talk about what we wrote down next week. Oh, we're going we gonna to be doing this too? I'm, I'm oh, talking about mine. Hey, I, do, I journal anyway, so I'll definitely <laughs> add mine. Well, it was such a pleasure. I know. I cannot wait for next week. I know. This is so much fun. You lit. It's lit. Yes. I told you. All right, guys. <laughs> I'm so excited. It was such a wonderful um, experience. You guys smile through this week. Do not let this get you down. Mm-hmm. Stay positive. Like uh, our licensed professional has told us, get you some wine on this Tuesday. Yes. Get you get your get yourself settled. And don't you stress yourself over what is going on. What will be, will be. No reason to stress or fret your yourself in the process we love you and we'll see you next week next week guys bye bye